Uh, do you want to uh, welcome Daryl as he comes and shares tonight? Come on. So good. Shouts for joy and victory will resound in tents of the righteous. I've had that scripture on my heart. If you've been watching the healing rooms, I've been constantly saying it because it's just resounding with me for this season. I feel like it's a very good declaration over my life, over our lives. Don't you think it's a good one? The Lord's saying the Lord's hand has done and will do mighty things. I think it's a really, really good scripture to connect with. Very good, awesome. Okay, so a couple of things. I really feel like the Lord is talking in this season about us entering in to a season of increase. Now, I'm not just talking about increase tonight. I'm actually talking about something a little bit, <laughs> tiny bit more intense. But, but I just want to encourage you in this, first of all. Can you put up Isaiah chapter 45 for me? I just want to talk about something that I saw specifically um, a couple of, probably a couple of weeks ago now. But I'm, I won't go into the fullness of it, but I just want to, I just want to read the scripture. So I want, to, I want to wet people's palate for what I believe is about to take place <clears throat> for the body of Christ specifically. Now, Isaiah chapter 45, we'll go from verse one. Everyone knows it. We know all about Cyrus. We've heard it many times before. I think Todd's preached on it uh, numerous occasions, but it says this. Let's all read it together because we like doing that at this church. It's very good, very healthy for people. So it says, thus says the Lord to Cyrus, his anointed, whom I have taken by the right hand to subdue nations before him and to loose the loins of king. Just stop right there. Don't you love that? Now, everybody said that Donald Trump was Cyrus. Now, I don't, he wasn't the Cyrus, but how many of you know that there, and, and we all know that Cyrus was a, a quote unquote Gentile. He was, he was a, not a godly figure, but God decided before the beginning of time to anoint him, written in his word, to anoint Cyrus to bring a shift and a change. And how many of you know that we are in a season where God is bringing consistent transition, shift and change right now? You're hearing it all the time from the pulpit. You hear it if you're, if you're following anything that Field of Dreams do or other people, uh, uh, well, not many actually, but a few other people are doing. There really is a big shift coming and it's not taking millions of people to do it. It's actually happening with the remnant. It's ha isn't, it, isn't it amazing to watch? Now, what's so exciting about that is this. Now, it says this, thus says the Lord, uh, to Cyrus his anointed, whom I've taken by the right hand to subdue the nations before him, to loose the loins of kings, to su subdue the nations. So we're talking, about, we're talking about international shift. Everyone say international shift. We're talking about shift in the nations. So it's not just one nation, but how many of you know that it's very hard to export what doesn't work at home? So we can talk all the time, yeah, we're gonna change the nations, but let me tell you this, which is the most important nation for you right now to transform? Australia, he's going, yes, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Southeast Asia. We're gonna go to wherever. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna change the United States. And then you come back and Australia is going down the C-R-A-P-P-E-R -P -P sometimes. And it's true. And, and you know, since I've been here, I've been in Australia for 19 years now. And, and it's been a delight to be here. But even in 19 years, I have seen so much transformational change in the nation. It really, has, it, it really has changed a lot. Now, we're not focusing on anything negative tonight. We're focusing on what God is doing and how He is moving and how He is partnering with us. Everyone say He's partnering with me to bring change. And this is the reality of what God wants to, I believe, communicate tonight. He's saying, I wanna bring change and I wanna bring change with you. Yes, us corporately, but actually he wants to bring change with the church and how many people here are part of the church? Okay, four of you. Okay, cool, uh, awesome. 
Todd, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, men's camp's going to be different. Okay, cool. Awesome. So if you want to put up 45 verse 2 for me. To open doors before him so that the gates will not be shut. Well, let me tell you, I just want to talk prophetically just for a second about gates not being shut. Now, we're not, we're, I'm going to take this way out of context and I'm going to be a prophetic person taking things out of context and going, oh my goodness, I can't believe that you took out our context. Have you ever been to a prophetic conference? You, they might as well call it out of context prophetic conference because that's what happens. Okay, cool. But how many of you know that God quickens Scripture? So it says this to open doors before Him so that the gates will not be shut. I really believe that opening doors represents uh, bringing a shift on the earth, I, I believe doors often look like doors of opportunity and doors of influence and smashing things open specifically. But then it says, so the gates will not be shut. I believe that we are going in and we are establishing the gates, the, the rightful gates of heaven over the nation of Australia. And God is anointing us in this season to move forward rapidly in a place of increase so that the gates of heaven would be permanently established and permanently open over our nation with angels, Ascending and descending in and through our nation to bring breakthrough and release. Okay, put up the next scripture. Okay, I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through their iron bars. Keep going. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden wealth of secret places. This is good, isn't it? Okay, so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by name. Now, when this is being spoken, do any of you guys feel like this is being quickened right now? You're like, oh, oh, well, that actually represents a lot of the time a word in season. So keep going. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, and Israel, my chosen one, I have also called you by your name and have given you a title of honour. Now, now, this is really interesting. Imagine if what God was speaking in this season was that, yes, Donald Trump carried something. It was amazing. I'm not saying he's the reincarnated Cyrus, as some people would start to believe. But the reality is that there is something that we are being called to usher in that does not look like the status quo. Now, if you come to this church, you're hearing this stuff all the time, so I'm not going to regurgitate it. But the reality is that what you're seeing in the world isn't necessarily the way that God wants it, and we are being called to bring the change. How many people are excited to bring the change? So what does it look like to actually <laughs> bring the change? I'm glad you asked. Okay, cool. So the, Lord, the Lord's been speaking to me over the last couple of, well, actually, over the last little while about running the gauntlet. Now, does anyone know what a gauntlet is? See, I had no idea. God said, I want you to talk about running the gauntlet. And I'm like, I don't even have a clue what a gauntlet is. Now, what, can you open that? So what, everyone's jumping up. So, okay, so running a gauntlet now. In the olden days, now I stand corrected if, if I need to be, but in the olden days in prisons, what they used to do with prisoners would they, was they would run between prison, prison guards and the prison guards would hit them, is that correct? And they would beat them. And so they'd be running down these, these lines, prisoners would be running down lines and the prison guards would be on either side and they would be hitting the prisoners. Bang, 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 as they ran. That is actually what running the gauntlet where the phrase running the gauntlet comes from. So you would be called to run the gauntlet. So you'd be in a prison cell. They go, okay, you're going to run the gauntlet. And I'm sure that no one was happy about that. So no, no, it's true. But the Lord was speaking to me specifically about what running the gauntlet means in our time. And it actually means coming against severe opposition, but continuing in the race and continuing with our face like flint. And I just want to encourage you, how many people think it's good to be like a bit of a bulldozer? 
to have the spirit of an ox on you sometimes. Now, I'm probably not one that carries the spirit of the ox all the time, but I do know people that do, and Belinda certainly does. And what happens is the spirit of the ox literally can push through and keep pushing and be resilient even when stuff's not going their way. Even when there's levels of opposition, even when they are running the gauntlet, as it were, and there is opposition and accusation coming, they continually push all the way through until they get to the other side. They would say often of Princess Diana and other people, when they were being harassed by the journalists, they would have to run the gauntlet of the journalists. The journalists would be there and they would literally have to get out while the journalists were harassing them the whole way to speak to them or to give them information or to, you know, or well, maybe not give them information, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Okay. So to run a gauntlet specifically means to have, and this is the, origi the original, the official definition, means to have to deal with a lot of people who are criticising or attacking you. Having to deal with a lot of people that are, and this is positive, everyone say positive. This is a positive message today. But let's have a look what Jesus said, just quickly. Okay, so let's go to Matthew 5.11, one of my favourite numbers, in Ziveld. And this is, and then the problem is that I love speaking, I love preaching, but I am quite prophetic sometimes too. So sometimes what happens is I'll get a prophetic word and then people will go, oh my goodness, Daryl said that. He said that. Did you hear him say that? And then suddenly we enter in. Now I'm not prophesying it. I'm saying that God is giving us the heads up as we come into a season where we're going to be breaking through literally double doors. We're going to be establishing things in Australia at a rapid rate. But let me tell you this, as we increase, we're going to increase. How many of you know that as we increase, potentially opposition will increase? But how many of you know that we are always led in triumphant procession in Christ Jesus? So what does it mean? Oh, death, where is your sting? Now, we're not talking about death right now, but I might share a story in a minute. But the reality is that we, if we go, God says, okay, I'm going to give you the nation. I'm going to give you Australia. That's a, that's a big word. Oh, yeah, God said, I'm going to get Australia. Wow, okay, well, we need, <laughs> what does that look like? What does it look like for you to, why? Because you're actually coming against something that has been established in the realm of the spirit and the realm of the natural as a believer and you are going to have to set or we are going to have to, not just us but everyone, going to have to set our face like flint against, literally going against the grain, swimming upstream when everyone else is going downstream. We actually have to push and press and as we push and press, there are words, there are distractions, there are things that come as we set our face like flint. How many people have made a decision for something in God? And you go, yes, I'm going to do this for God. And the next day, the very thing that you made a decision about is right in your face. It could be whatever. It could be, I'm going to stop taking drugs. It could be, it could be anything. I'm, not, I'm never going to talk to that person again. God, I'm drawing a line in the sand. That person brings you first thing in the morning. Or, or I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to establish a brand new pattern, and then you start to develop a new habit. But suddenly, everything is presented. There are levels of opposition that come against you as you set your face like flint. But what does it say? It says, "Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee." And so there is something now, I feel like the Lord is saying, get ready, focus yourself for 2023, get ready because you are going to see a level of a measure of influence that you've never seen before. I believe that's a word for our church. I believe that's a word for the church in Australia for whosoever will receive it. 
I believe, but it's, I believe it costs something and I believe it has to look like something. And I do believe that Field of Dreams has forerun some stuff, which is so, so exciting, but we are coming into a very, very cool time. But this is the word that God gave me. Blessed, let's all read it together. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Keep going. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now I'm in no, I have no one in my mind I'm not talking about persecution from a church that someone might have, you know, not been connected to. I've got nothing in my head. All I'm thinking about is this. The world does not like the light that we carry, the spirit of the world. And let me tell you this right now. We are called to win the world, but there is a spirit of the Antichrist in the world. And how many of you know that the Antichrist is Antichrist in you, the hope of glory? So you can present yourself, okay, here we go. But we're called to be a city on a a hill. Todd talked about that. If you didn't hear Sunday's message, it was outstanding. It really was Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon as well, but you can't watch that. But Sunday morning, please go back to it. And and what Todd was talking about was sitting on a hill and Zion and how everything's connected. So this is, so. but when we look at it like this, we're being called to be a city on the hill. We're setting our face like flint. Yes, there's a level of ease, there's a level of grace, but Jesus constantly talks about what it looks like to undergo levels of persecution as we move into the things of God. But let me tell you, because God's with us, it doesn't matter what opposition comes against us because the job will be done. Because He will always be glorified and He does not, He's not marrying, as it were, a defeated bride. He's not picking the bride up and going, oh my goodness, I wish we had made it, but don't worry. I got. It's not like that, is it? That we actually walk, is everyone encouraged? Okay, I hope so. All right, okay. It does get more encouraging. I told you this is not a negative word. It's pos- everyone say positive. It really is. And so my exhorter is, is, is coming out real fast. And so, and so it says this. It says in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, go for, from verse one and two. Since we are surrounded, we'll start. Oh, started prematurely. It says, therefore, let's read it together. Since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us also lay aside of every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Just leave it there for a second. So the word endurance there is the word hypernomy, hypernomy. And it means literally constancy and endurance. And it comes from the original word where it talks about enduring, to endure something, endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Let's go to verse two, Hebrews 12, verse two. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame as he sat down or and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So this is so, so interesting. Look, put, put verse, uh, verse one again. It, this wouldn't be in Hebrews if this wasn't fitting to our Christian walk. Therefore, because we read this about the cloud of witnesses, and yes, we take courage as we read about the witnesses that have gone before. But it says this, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that entangles us, and let us run with endurance. Well, you wouldn't, it wouldn't say endurance if you didn't need endurance. It wouldn't say, and let me tell you this, I believe that in this season, and we're, because we're born for such a time as this, the nature of the endurance we need is endurance against the pull and the will and the 
demonic structure, as it were, of the world that's against the message that we carry. That's what I believe it looks like. I don't believe that it's endurance because you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make rent this week. I believe that's part of it. But it's actually about the light that you carry. And it's about this thing where we have to push through. And the Lord said to me, talk about running the gauntlet. I didn't even know what it meant. But I know now that it's about pushing through against opposition in order that you can complete or get to the other side. Isn't that exciting? So if God's saying it, and no one's excited to pod, we'll, we'll, we'll pump them up in a second. Well, I'll pump them up. Okay, cool. Uh, but, this is, but this is so important because, because a lot of the time, I, I believe that a number of people had said that they believed that seasons of persecution were going to come, number of prophetic people, and that prophetic word got poo-pooed. Poo-pooing is one of my favourite uh, terms. Who knows what poo-pooing means? Okay, cool. It, it doesn't mean doing a poo-poo. What it means is poo-pooing something. It means disregarding something. If you've ever watched Blackadder, don't watch it. You will know that they, they enjoy talking about poo-pooing. And, and, but, what's, but what's really interesting is that there has been a level, and now I get very passionate about this, there has been a level of rejection regarding authentic words from heaven there's been a rejection by the church of anything that carries anything of needing to muscle down and actually tuck into something. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. That, that, that looks like work. Is that work? So I remember the, the grace movement came. You know, you go, hey, I really feel like we should do like a, an all-night prayer meeting. Wow, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm under grace, man. Why would I do that? Like, they, do you understand? And so, they're, they're, yes, we're saved by grace and there's a revelation of that. But how many of you know that God saved us? And I think Todd mentioned this one time. But, but God saved us. Paul said, I work harder than you all. And there is something about when God calls us, he goes, okay, do you want to be about the Father's business? Yes. Well, it actually looks like something. It's going to cost something. It looks like enduring. It looks like sometimes hardship. No, you can't say that. How can you say that? Because the Bible did. Endure hardship. And so this is very exciting, very cool. Okay, well, I think so. Now, let's go to James chapter one. Let's go from verse two. Is everyone okay? I hope you guys are okay, but I'm actually okay if you're not. Okay, now, consider it, consider it all joy, my brothers or brethren, when you counter various trials. Go. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Same concept. Let and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be complete, perfect, sorry, perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, okay, so listen, here we go. Let endurance have its perfect result. That means endurance produces something in you so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. So if we never talk about enduring, you will not be perfect, complete, and you will be lacking in something. So how cool is that? So what we do is we see that the Bible holds every key that we need for life and godliness as we step into the seasons that we're stepping into. And God says, are you ready for increase? And if we were doing a prophetic conference right now, and I'm not down on that, even though I sound like I am sometimes. But let me tell you this. So, we're doing, so if we were doing a conference right now, and I said, get ready for increase. It's the word of the Lord for 2023. Get ready. <laughs> Enlarge the place of your tent. God's going to pour the favour and the blessing of heaven over you right now. And you are going to take the nations like never before. How many people will be encouraged? You go, yeah. Oh, that's the word of the Lord. Christina, whoever that is preaching that word right now. Wow. The man of God. Wow, that was so good. Has he got any CDs? Because that was good. Do you remember CD? <laughs> no? Oh, man. 
I'm showing my age. I have been, I've been, I have been around a while. So, so CDs, okay. Do you remember CD packs, teaching packs? You don't remember that? Do you remember, okay, do you remember tape packs? I used to have all these old school tape packs and you open them and they're really sticky and they made your ears feel funny when you open them. And you put them in and, do you guys remember that? Yeah, okay, we're all of, we're all of a similar, similar vintage here. Okay, cool, apart from Todd sometimes. He says stuff and I'm, he's going, I'm showing my age. And I'm like, I've got no idea what he's talking about. So, okay, so, so what we've got then is we've got this thing where, where, where what God is saying is next year, there is going to be incredible increase, incredible favour. We're going to step into things that we've never done before. It says in the Word, He stoops down to make us great in some versions, that He is literally breathing into our world and there is going to be an increase of favour with God and favour with man, just like it says of Jesus and it says of John. But in conjunction with that, as we get bigger, we need to understand that there is going to be a place where we, we will be tested and we will be required to endure levels of opposition in order that first of all we would grow but in order that we can bring levels of breakthrough and let me tell you this I've never had a breakthrough just come without then being a level of uncomfortable contending and so we can talk about what we believe God's God's going to do but in your life what does it look like for you to allow God to do something in you in order that you can become steadfast or we can become steadfast in that thing and really overcome in our lives, in a particular area or multiple areas, in order that we can become bigger and run as victorious people into even more of the promise that He has for us as individuals, this church, uh, wherever you're watching in from, but also the nation that we're part of and the nations of the earth. But it looks like, first of all, us becoming over, uh, first of all, sorry, us overcoming individually and understanding when opposition comes, we don't just retreat and we go, I'm I'm not part of this at the moment. It's too much opposition. We're actually in a place where we go, no, I'm going to actually knuckle down and I'm going to endure it because I know that I'll always be given the victory in Christ. And this is so, so important. Now, now this week was a very big week. Last week was a very big week for me because when I got back from um, ministering, I ministered in, in Brisbane. Then I came back and I did the services here last Sunday. Last Sunday, not last Sunday, the Sunday before. How many people were here in the morning service? Yep. And so I was on top of the world and I was like, wow, come on, there is glory, it's good, there's momentum, there's revelation, I'm really excited, everything's going really well. And I went home and I hadn't connected with Belinda, I hadn't even talked to her really. And, and I, was, I, was, I was literally lying down on my bed, ready to have a good conversation with my wife because I hadn't had one for a week. And I lay there and as I lay down, my leg went numb. And I was like, wow, this is an interesting feeling. I haven't had this for a while. Um, I didn't know what it was, but I thought, wow, that's weird. And then suddenly my leg went a bit funny. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a bit weird. And I was like, man, I think I've been bitten by a spider. And so I was like, so Monday night, and I go, oh, no, this is not good. So no graphic images here. But I took my pyjama, my, took my pyjama pants off. And when I, my leg was going a little bit funky, it was going, whoo, 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 whoo. And I'm going, okay, this is not, this is a bit strange. And it was hurting a bit. And I took my pyjama pants off and I turned the leg inside out to look for the spider because I thought, surely I've been bitten by a spider. But no, everyone say no. No. Guess what it was? A scorpion. So there was a scorpion in my pants. And so I was like, Belinda. (laughs) Now, true story. So now... 
Now I am, now you don't know me very well, but let me tell you this, when Belinda communicated to the elders or to other people, she said, out of all of the people that could be bitten by a scorpion, Daryl is the worst. Now, <laughs> Todd used to say that if I ever took Asher up to the block, they would, <laughs> they would take me to hospital if he ate some kangaroo poo. And so, <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a gentle soul, but kind of wannabe gangster at the same time from London. <laughs> From, from London, and in London, London's a different place, and, and it's, it's a different place, and, and you don't get scorpions in London. Uh, anyway, the whole point is this, so, so I get bitten by the scorpion, I said, Belinda! She goes, what? I said, I've been bitten by a scorpion. She says, no, you have not. She said, I've never heard of anyone being bitten by a scorpion. And now I'm going, now I'm freaking out, I'm going, take me to Flinders now which is a hospital for anyone watching on, on live stream. And, and then she goes, no, you have not. Don't be ridiculous. And she pulled, the, the pyjama pants were on the bed. And she pulled the bed, uh, the, the pyjama leg out, and she went, oh, you have been bitten by a scorpion. <laughs> and then I was like, no! So I'm screaming downstairs. We're not overly screaming, but just, you know, agony. Has anyone been bitten by a scorpion here? Yeah, one person. Awesome. Oh, good for you. Oh, good. <laughs> was, it, was it painful for you? Yeah, man. And so I looked at online. The pain will only last six hours, 12 hours. So up at four o'clock in the morning, nursing it, elevating it, making sure that I wasn't having a seizure, like going into a weird zone. Anyway, but the whole point, oh no, it's true. Uh, so, so, but what's interesting is this, and I want to I throw it into the message. And because it's one of, one of the things that's happened to me, I'll be able to preach this for months. And so, so every message you hear, I will, wrap, I will wrap this story into the message somehow. But today we're wrapping it into running the gauntlet, which is perfect. Okay, yeah. So I'm in a level of momentum now. This is really cool. So momentum, 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 momentum. What does the enemy like, momentum? No, he wants to slow people down. So what does he do? He sends a scorpion, that's what I believe, sends a scorpion to bite me and then the momentum literally slows down and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is nothing more. And I literally said this after the 19 hours that I was on my face pleading for my life. After that, I'm exaggerating a point, but, but after that, I literally, literally said to the Lord about six times, what a distraction. What a distraction. I'd had plans. I knew what I was going to read that night. Didn't do any of it. I watched Father, Father of the Bride 2 because the guy, what's his name? Steve Martin makes me feel better. And so I was like <laughs> being soothed by Frank. Do you remember Frank? Who knows who Frank is? Yeah, Frank's my favourite character in the whole Martin Shaw. It's such a funny movie. Mr. and Mrs. Bonks. Anyway. So I watched that. But the whole point is this. I, w I, wanted to share that, I wanted to share that story because there is something we need to understand that the enemy will stop at nothing to really try to throw us off kilter. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was fine bouncing, bouncing around the next day. I'm using it as an example of whatever comes your way. Yes, we need to have a level of awareness. But God already knows. And just because something is thrown into your world. Do you remember the book of Nehemiah? And you remember how, they, how the, the Jews, they're all building. Everyone's building. And then what happens? Tell me what happens. There is, there is a spirit of sabotage that comes from who? From Sambalat and from Tobiah. And they literally come and they start sowing discouragement because the wall is going to be built. Why are they doing that? Because something of the Lord is going to be completed. And in 2023 and beyond, and this year, and we've already seen a measure, an incredible measure of breakthrough, that we are going to see things built for the Lord that we've never seen before. 
We are going to see things built for the Lord. We are going to see transformation of nations like never before. We are going to see the transformation of our nation, Australia, of the islands, of New Zealand, of the UK, of Europe. We are going to see transformation on the earth over the next decade like never before because a remnant is rising who are taking their place as sons of God who are saying, no, 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 not on my watch, which is one of the things that Belinda says a a fair bit, not on my watch, what can I do in the time that I'm on earth? And I wanna encourage you that this year is gonna be a year of increase. So as an individual, be aware, it says we are not unaware of the enemy's schema. And the word schema is the word mind. We are not unaware of the enemy's mind. And he will constantly put things in your world to try to trip you up. But let me tell you this, I'll say it again, to try to trip you up, to try to take your focus away from the very thing that God is calling you into. But God says, and this is what I believe the Lord is saying, God says, keep going. Keep focused, run the gauntlet in spite of any opposition, in spite of any pushback. Continue to run because I am with you and I will give you the victory. You, it says in the book of Psalm 138 verse 8, the Lord will accomplish all that concerns me. What does it mean? It means that all that concerns you will be accomplished in the Lord, by the Lord, with you in a place of partnership. And so I'm so excited. How many people is this speaking to tonight? Because I really feel like this is a word in season. Um, so, so what does it look like? What does it look like for you to say, yes, Lord, I'm in, but whatever, the, oh, gosh, I feel like people are going to leave and go, oh my goodness, there's going to be so much opposition coming. I'm not saying that. I believe there's levels of opposition now. I'm just saying that the more you get to whom much is given, much is required, the more you get, the more you're going to experience these, literally these gusts of little demonic storms and God says, stand or move forward. But you don't need to worry because it says in the day of evil, Stand. Why? Because the day of evil cannot overtake us because we are children of the light and not the night. That's what it says. It says in the Word, it says, you are people of the day and not the night, which is why people say, I'm a night owl. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's not biblical, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's true. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's put up um, Revelation 1, chapter 9, sorry, chapter 1, verse 9. I'm not gonna go through too many scriptures. I've just done a few, only another nine. Okay, cool, all right. So Revelation chapter one, verse nine. This is John, obviously, I, John. And so it says this. So it says, I, John, let's read it together. Your brother and fellow partaker of the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which are in Jesus, because, uh, sorry, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And so I just wanna look at this here where it says, partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance. Perseverance is the same word endurance. So John, as he was taken onto the Isle of Patmos, was saying, literally, it says, I'm a fellow partaker in tribulation and kingdom and perseverance. So again, we see endurance being so key in everything that we end up doing. And and, is this okay? Yeah, everything that we end up doing. And and I wanna get, what we do, it says, says, since we are surrounded by such great, great cloud of witnesses, let us run the race. And so we look at people like John, he is in the cloud of witnesses. We look at people who have done mighty things in God and every person, <coughs> excuse me, oh, that was loud. Every person that's done mighty things in God had to push through a level of opposition to get it done. How many people have ever heard of Jackie Pullinger? Jackie Pullinger, mighty woman of God. And she went to Hong Kong and ministered to the triads and the heroin addicts and ended up getting like, has anyone ever read the book Chasing the Dragon? 
So you can read that book. It's an amazing book. Now, when she got called by the Lord as a single woman to go to Hong Kong, do you know what happened? Every pastor and every leader in her world said no. Everyone said, no, you can't go. You're a single woman, you shouldn't do it. But she said, no, I've got the call of the Lord. And she changed, I think, millions of lives, not just on the ground in Hong Kong, but by her testimony, churches were planted. So many things happened, but yet she was called, but she had to face in her time a level of opposition against the call of God. And as she pushed through, she got breakthrough and then she came into fullness. Think of all of the men or women of God that you know, some of the men of God of old, of old, some of the men of God that you know from the generals of the faith that battled severe sickness, severe sickness. And yet we read about them being the most amazing healing evangelists we've ever seen. Oh, those healing evangelists, when they would get off the stage, the anointing would lift and they would just have severe pain through their whole body. Not all of them, but some of them battling severe pain. John G. Lake's wife died of malnutrition. There were so many instances where people had to push, I'm not saying that, that, anyway, people had to push up against the odds, push up against opposition, endure hardship as a good soldier. They had to let endurance finish, finish its work. They had to keep pushing and keep pressing. Most of all, the, well, most of all that we read about, probably the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had to, I mean, literally lists off, you know, boasting in his sufferings. How many people want to boast in your sufferings this week? No, you don't. How many people would like to undergo stuff that Paul did? But when Paul was saved, and none of you got this, when Paul was saved, God said, I will show him to Ananias how much he must suffer for my name. No one wants that prophetic word when you get saved. <laughs> but he went through so much, but yet he attained to a level or measure from his own volition of, of a measure of, the, the res, of resurrection power. And so there's just so, so interesting. Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. And this is what I feel like we need to come into more. And we've been talking about the restoration of the miracle worker back to the local church. We've been saying that a fair bit. But it says this, for even... Oh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 12, 12, my fault. Um, so, so we've got this, so the restor, restoration of the miracle worker back to the local church. There is something that God wants us to do as we start to bring transformation to the nation that is really pushed into the, the realm of miracles. The realm of miracles is coming back over and over and over and over again. What does it look like? Pressing for miracles, pressing. Well, pressing in for miracles is actually pushing in and saying, I'm believing that I'm going to actually start to see incredible, miraculous signs outwork through my life. In, oh, oh, don't put this one up, but in the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 11, it says, unusual miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul that even handkerchiefs were taken from his body and demons left people. Well, that's the anointing. But each of us has a measure of the anointing. How exciting is that? Okay, all right. But this is the thing, and we're talking about miracles. Now, I was parked behind Carl's car tonight and he had his lights on and my lights were on. Um, but I was parked behind his car and I saw his headlights. And the headlights at the back, it's two M's. And I went, money and miracles, you're talking about it again. There is something about the miraculous that God wants us to again believe for, for next year, for Munta, for South Australia, for Australia and for the nations, that literally there would be an increase of God's miracle working power. Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4, I think, says, it says, I did not come with wise persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 
And so what God is saying even in this time, He's going, get ready, endure. But as you endure, believe for miracles. Why? What does it say here? The signs of a true, you don't need to be an apostle for this. We're all called into an apostolic thing. But it says this, the signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all endurance, perseverance by signs and wonders and miracles. It's the same word. So what God is saying in this season, He's going, get ready for increase. Get ready, but endure opposition as it comes. And in conjunction with that, work miracles, signs and wonders with all perseverance and endurance. Because on the other side of that, you will see incredible breakthrough, incredible favour, incredible testimonies coming. I've been hearing some amazing testimonies of, of, of miracles happening and people that, you know, diagnosed with cancers. And just, uh, if any of you know uh, 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 Rhonda today, I was, just, I was in the hospital visiting Rhonda today and she, uh, she, she was um, just coming out of something. And we, were, we went to visit her and pray for her. And I just want to say this, and we're in there and she's singing. She's worshipping in the place. I don't know if that was common knowledge. It doesn't matter. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Wipe it. Okay, now, but, but the reality is this, that what I'm saying is that we're in a place right now, we're in a place where God is saying, will you set your sights in a place where you start believing? We've been talking about prophetic promises and waging war with the prophetic promises. But just remember that the prophetic promises come through a place where they actually test you. And then when you're becoming the promise, the opposition actually has to create a level of enduring within you in order for you to come through and break through and become who you need to become to carry the new level of promise and the new level of increase that God wants to bring you into in this nation and in the other nations too. It's very, very important. And so this here, it says, with all perseverance, with endurance by signs, wonders and miracles. And so this is so cool. What does it look like for us to continually press in and persevere and say, get ready, uh, uh, get ready for the miracle working power of the Lord. Okay, cool. Um, there is, a, there is a really exciting thing happening and transitional change coming, and I'm, I'm going to end on this. There's a transitional change coming, and what God is doing, I believe one of the things that God is doing, is He's calling us up into a place where we see things the way that He sees things, and we see Him the way He wants to see us, first of all, but the, we see ourselves the way that He sees us. And He sees us really as, as the answer. We've been talking about this and, and, and uh, about, about prophetic solution. But, but as we start to see ourselves as prophetic solution, we start to see that what God is doing, He's actually setting us up to win in every area. And what He's doing, remember we're talking about you be the encounter. We pray for people and say, God, let them have an encounter with you. And He goes, why can't you be the encounter? You be the encounter first. And so this is so, so exciting. So as we start to see ourselves the way that God is seeing us or the way God sees us and we start to lean into this, the fullness of what, the way He wants to empower us, we start to understand that He has put us here for such a time as this to win and to be victorious in everything that He calls us into. This is very important and very powerful. Why? Because we are taking mountains. We are taking mountains. Amen? Amen. Do you want to take mountains? Yeah, do you want to take the seven mountains? Yes. Do you want to change Australia? Do you want to see the transformation come? But it starts with us. And I feel like one of the things is during, when COVID started, one of the things that happened is COVID happened and then everything, everyone just went into their house. And they, they, um, you know, everyone, well, they had to by law initially. But what happened is everyone went back into something. And what God was saying is, no, no, no. What, what does it look like for, to stand or endure levels of hardship and opposition 
to actually take a stand in the time where things were happening that weren't necessarily good. And you saw people that took a stand uh, during that time, and I'm going to speak openly because I, because I can. You guys remember Sean Foyt took a stand. Do you know how many times Sean nearly got arrested? Multiple, multiple times. You can literally go online and look at, go back through the times. And so many times the police would try to shut him down. We're going to arrest you. Now he's got arrested me for what? For worshipping. And so many times. But what did he do? He took a stand. He was being called and he literally set his face like flint. And he said, no, I'm going to run the opposition. I'm going to run the gauntlet. I'm going to get through this. And on the other side, what happened? Immense victory. On the other side, what happened? Other people thought, felt that they could stand too. Why? Because someone said, I am making a decision to stand for what I believe in, to stand for a core value, to stand for what the Bible says that we should be doing. And let me encourage you in this. There are people, as people looked at people like Sean and looked at other people you know, around the world, you might, have, you, know, you might have seen some amazing people doing amazing things over the last little while. You know, people who took a stand for this or you know, maybe someone in politics or someone in the church and you looked at them and you were like, wow, they're amazing. But let me tell you this. What if it's you too? What if people are literally waiting to look for, waiting for someone who's taking a stand in the day where, where, where the, there's been such a compromise of their core values and compromise of belief systems and they're waiting for you to take a stand in the school, waiting for you to take a stand in the university, waiting for you to take a stand legitimately in the workplace without getting fired, waiting for... What, what does that look like? And that's what I feel like the Lord is saying, that, that with all the revelation we're carrying, He still wants to see us as the city on a hill, as the one that's bringing light, as the one who literally, imitate me as my who who become an example for those around us. And we become literally a beacon of light that people can, can come to and say, how did you do that? Why did you do that? So many times people used to say, I mean, people say stuff and they go, "Why? Well, I can't believe you guys did that. I can't believe you guys did that. What was that like? That was so inspiring. One of the things that I heard, um, and this isn't to brag on Field of Dreams, but I heard so many people talking about Field of Dreams and they, were saying, um, and they were saying things like, you know, I used to watch you the whole way through lockdown. Do you know how many times I've heard that? Yeah, 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 our church shut down and I just watched you the whole way. I've heard that so many times. Why? Because we took a stand. Because we remained as the city on a hill. And that doesn't mean that, oh yeah, we're the best. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this, it looked like something and there was levels of opposition. Of course there's levels of opposition. But what happens is that there's a place of endurance that is developed within you. We take a stand, we set our face like Flint and we go, no, we're going to run. And as we run, people get an impartation of boldness, confidence and courage that they can run to. And that is what I believe God wants to bring us into as individuals and corporately. Do you know how much transformation there is going to be next year? Do you know how much territory I'm calling you into? But it will come with levels of opposition, with levels of things that will try to bring delay, that will try to bring you back into a place where you feel discouraged, where you feel like, oh my goodness, this is actually quite hard. And the Lord's saying, endure the hardship because it's producing something in you that will enable you internally to have the capacity to carry more of the fullness of the things I've called you to. And the things I've called you to are glorious. The things I've called you to will bring glory to my name and will fulfill every prophetic promise I ever gave you and more because the promises are not subject to COVID. The promises are not subject to the spirit of the world. The promises are subject to who I am and I am a, not a man that I should lie. My name is faithful and true, says the Lord. And that is truly what He wants to do. So everyone stand up. You can put the, put the pads on.
we're just going to pray. So if you have ever experienced levels of opposition in your life, You've been feeling like you've been feeling like, wow, this is actually quite difficult. I really believe that the Lord wants to impart strength tonight. He wants to impart strength for the journey. Just wave your hand if that's you. If you're like, wow, I've really felt that. Oh, wow, everybody. Okay. And I'm just going to pray. There's going to be a real uh, realm of joy breakout in people tonight. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for a realm of strengthening. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I thank you, Lord Jesus, that there will be a realm of joy that would literally be imparted into the hearts and spirits and minds of every person in this place tonight, in Jesus' Name. And I thank you right now that where there has been literally hardship along the way, Father, I thank you that there would literally be a divine reset. There would be a divine reset. People would feel literally empowered. They would feel strength. They'd feel joy. They'd feel ready for the new season. And I thank you right now that there would be a propelling into the new from tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that yesterday is over and gone. It says, do not dwell on the past, nor remember the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. It springs up all around. Shall you not know it? And so, Father, we thank you for the new thing. We thank you for the new thing that you are declaring over your people. And we thank you right now that even the memory, even the muscle memory, even the memory in the DNA, as it were, of the endurance or the hardship of the past. Father, we thank you that as we look at the past, we would only see the victory that you brought us. Father, we would literally say the Lord's hand did mighty things then and will do mighty things now and will do mighty things in the future. And so, Father, I thank you right now for the word that was released tonight. Father, I choose to say yes, and I'm sure everybody else does, to the new season in you. Father, we thank you that you are with us to continually bring us the victory in all things you are calling us into. And we thank you, God, that we, as we live an ascended lifestyle, as we live in a place where we have ascended the holy hill of the Lord, that we literally work from heaven down to earth. We work from heaven to earth. And so Father, I thank You that we are far above the storms. We are far above the spirit of the world. Yes, we're here, but we have been placed above all in Christ, seated with You in heavenly places. And so Father, I thank You that where we've been, too many people have been wearied out with ground warfare. I just release this one word, up. Look up. Two words. Set your sights on things above. Colossians says, set your sights on things above where Christ is. But you are in, we are in Christ in that place. And so Father, we thank you right now for those who are called to live an ascended lifestyle. That we are called from admin to administrate from heaven down. And we thank you, God, that from that place, we can take great courage. We can take great courage that we have everything that we need to accomplish the predestined reality for what the predestined reality of what we've been called to while we are on the earth in Jesus name and everybody said amen so good well you guys can grab your communion we're just going to do communion you can rip it all off all at once Can just you can just I'm just going to pray Lord Jesus we thank you this is all about you and we acknowledge 
that because of what you did on Calvary, because of what you did at the cross, we can live in you and you live in us. <laughs> we thank you that it says in your word that you will make your home in us and with us. And so we give you glory for your blood. The one spot was enough to save the whole world. We give you glory for the sacrifice. We give you glory that you endured the cross for us. And so as we take the communion, even right now, we acknowledge that this communion cost you everything. And we say thank you in Jesus' name.